help purchase a, a home that now he lives in and another veteran lives on the other side. And so the, he's been living there now for six years. He went from, you know, living in a tent, in a vehicle, in a shelter to now living in his own home. Deborah, do you find a lot of these stories like this one here where their life just sort of spirals out of control. I mean, what you just described with this gentleman here sounds like his life spiraled out of control. From It went from there to there to there to there to the wife in a facility, and then he ends up in a homeless. I mean, it's, a, it's unbelievable stories. There. Knowing when to break through the boundaries of average to question the unquestionable is the sign of greatness. It's those moments when you get to the absurd stage that things truly get interesting. Well, the world is in need of a new generation of leaders, leaders who have the courage to break through the boundaries and question everything around them. Well, society is yearning for bold and enthusiastic women and men to provide the necessary leadership that will be required for the next leap forward. The journey to get to the brink can be unpredictable, but knowing you're at the brink, pure genius, my friends. Today, we are on the brink of greatness. It's a problem with our veterans and our military. It is an absolute problem, homelessness. The numbers are staggering, staggering. And a lot of this feeds into other problems we're having with the community. I mean, homelessness can also turn into suicide. It can turn into crime. It could turn into a lot of other things. So it's a trickling effect, really, is what we see here. And, uh, you know, we've talked before today. We're going to dive right into this in a different way, more of a profound way and uh, very unique story that... Uh, Kevin, you and I talked about, and uh, this um, uh, we'll get into this in a moment here, this military officer and what she had, uh, what, really what she's accomplished. You know, it's always amazing how these stories come out of, uh, well, they come out of a need. They come out of an idea, of a concept. They come out of uh, somebody that I call a brink thinker. And these are folks that, I mean, there are people out there that passionately care passionately care about other people, care about society, and they want to do something about it. They want to make it a better a better life, a better program, and, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today here. Um, Kevin, I like this story. Operation Renewed Hope Foundation. It's an organization from Lieutenant Colonel Deborah Snyder. You know, I love it. It's I just like the name Operation Renewed Hope, because I think what she's doing is she's actually bringing renewed hope to those who are homeless and, and feel like they're hopeless and they call, reach out to somebody and they find her number and her organization and they come to the rescue immediately. So that's what I love about this story is it, I, I just, uh, the name itself just resonates with positive and just going out and helping somebody and that's what this country is all about yeah because when you say renewed hope i mean if if you don't have a home if you don't have a place I mean, let's face it people i mean think about your home think about the place you'd lay your head on at night on your pillow and these are blessings many of us take for granted but if you don't have any of this if you don't have the home if you don't have the pillow if you don't have the bed if you don't have just the basic things i mean it is devastating and it can seem like you have no hope, that there is no tomorrow, that, you know, it's, uh, it can be pretty bleak here. Uh, please welcome in, I'd like you to meet here, Lieutenant Colonel Deborah Snyder. 
She spent 22 years as a, uh, a U.S. Army helicopter pilot. Very, very interesting. And Deborah, I'd like to get right to the crux of the story right up front here and what I call the brink moment because you've done something absolutely uh, that is amazing that is not an everyday event when somebody starts an organization like this and they do the kinds of things you've done already. And But there has to be an impetus for this. There has to be something that, that I think well, you start to question things, you know, how come, why is it that way? Well, why can't we do something about it? Or what's, what? you try to look beyond all this to really discover and understand what's going on. Let's bring back to that moment with you. Where were you? What was happening? What went through your mind? What was going on at that moment of life that you thought there was a need you had to jump in? Well, for me, um, I, you know, as you mentioned, I, I was serving 22 years in the Army and then as a civilian working for the Pentagon and working specifically in Crystal City in Arlington, Virginia. Every day I'd walk from my car towards the building in Crystal City and I would pass by a veteran who had a sign, you know, homeless veteran. And I couldn't believe, you know, why in this country would we have anyone homeless and certainly why would we have veterans who are homeless and that got me to thinking why why can't i just do something about it and then i did a little bit more research on it and i couldn't believe that we had 68,000 homeless veterans uh in in our nation on the streets in shelters in in vehicles 68,000. Wow. I mean, that, uh, those so, numbers are staggering. Let me ask you something here. How many, um, you were a civilian at that point. You were working in the Pentagon. Is that correct, you said? Uh, assigned to the Pentagon, but specifically working in Crystal City just a okay. few blocks away. Okay. So, so you had been out of the military for how long at that point, Deborah? That was in 2011, so just two years okay. outside of the military. Okay, so let's let's mm-hmm. uh, let's get our bearings. So you're out a couple of years. You spent 22 years. You, you see you see it all around the world, right? I mean, I'm sure you were were you you were stationed overseas at one point too. I would take it. Yes, uh, I was deployed for Desert Shield, Desert Storm. So I served in Iraq. Um, served also in Korea and wow. in Germany. Wow. Had at a a great experience in, in all of those countries. Wow. Well, God wow. bless you, and uh, thank you, Lieutenant Colonel, for your service. As always, we hold our military and our law enforcement officers up high, and uh, we, we appreciate it. Uh, so you're out a couple of years. Um, you're now, as we say, you're working in the, you say, Crystal City. And, and how, when you, you, you say you were walking, what kind of distance are we talking that you would walk every day? Um. It, it was just a half mile walk okay. from where I parked my car down to Crystal City because it was a light on parking there, and I'm cheap, so I, <laughs> and I also would like to get some exercise every day. Yeah, we we, so, we don't call that cheap; we call that conservative, by the way. So, okay. <laughs> well, I, I used to I used the word frugal, and my kids That's always say cheap. That's good too. No, it's good. It's all good. But I like conservative. It has a nice uh, cachet to it, so I'm I'm good with that. But uh, all right, so you're doing this half a mile walk every day, back and forth with the car, and you know what are you talking? Draw the picture out for us. How many people are you seeing on a basis? Is was this widespread? Was it just like a, a, a casual, occasional, or was it a bigger problem? No, I, I mean every day I would see some. I would see a veteran out there. 
you know, on, in at Crystal City, one or two, you know. Um, here we are within five miles of the nation's capital mm-hmm. seeing veteran homeless. So when, when and, you were seeing uh, that, what would you say to yourself, mm-hmm. like, Deborah, when you're, you're seeing this on a regular, I mean, you, 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 quite a bit of time had to go by before you really started to see this is a problem. I mean, I mean, what, but what I'm saying is people see homeless people every day throughout the nation. I mean, they're all over our and cities. We, and we just walk right by. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm just one, I'm one of those that was just walking right by and exactly. just trying to get to my job. And exactly. I just started thinking, you know, I was taking care of, of troops for 22 years, and so what's the difference? Why, why am I not doing something about it now? And so I, did, I decided to do something about it. What, what, how, said, how, you know, like the Nike, Nike term, just do it. So just do it. it. No, no, that's good. That's good. Just mm-hmm. do it because you're so right with that. And that's, again, what bring thinkers understand that you just can't keep saying all your life, uh, whether it's a dream you're pursuing, Deborah, or uh, trying to solve a problem or a challenge. You have to make the leap. What, what, what I call it is make the leap. So you, you have to make the decision to do it. So you made that decision after a period of time and you keep seeing this. And what was the, you know, I'm trying to put myself in your position of walking by these folks every day. And as you say, it happens in cities all over the nation. And we just, they're more of a disturbance than anything. They sort of are in the way. And people walk over them or walk around them and really don't think any more about it. I'm trying to understand why did you think more about it? But maybe because you served all those years in the military, maybe your mind was of service. But you know, you're not the norm, whereas, and, and we've met special people like you who think, i got to do something about this, but what do you think makes that difference of somebody who really thinks this is unacceptable, this is wrong, we got to do something about this thing? I, I think one of the big differences is because I, I did serve in, in the Army, in the military, and I was used to taking care of troops, and so I thought, what's the difference? I mean, okay, I'm in a different uniform now. So why, what's, what's one more thing to, you know, help someone who's now he's out of uniform too. So that's why I decided I to, see. Uh, so... talk to some of my fellow veterans. I talked to another uh, female veteran mm-hmm. who was actually even in my flight class who lived up the street from this veteran okay. where I saw this veteran and talked to her and she said, yep, let's do it. And then I, I met another, uh, active duty um, that's exactly yeah yeah and and then we just started getting friends together and you know put put together a nonprofit. i didn't know anything about it and and next thing you know we had a 501c3 formed and and off to the races we went i mean once you made the decision to do it what kind of time are we talking by the time you had the 501c3 well we're aviators so we're a little bit uh hyper competitive and (laughs) you know we want to get things done Type A personalities, so we got things expedited. Um, just to give you an example, we we started talking to people who who needed help, other veterans. In fact, there was a single mother veteran of three. She had three small children who was homeless, and we helped her get a, a house that was listed for 333000 We helped her get a, a house for $33,000. It was a VA foreclosed home. Um, and we got our paperwork expedited through that kind of a, a program. So that was a big deal. 
you said the house was three hundred and thirty thousand the value, and you got it for thirty something thousand. Thirty-three thousand. That's right. That is can, unbelievable. Can, that is yeah, insane. yeah. Can, can, can you do that for me? <laughs> if you are a, if you are a literally homeless veteran, yeah, and you're le, you're okay. less than fifty percent um, area median income, mm-hmm. all the, all things are possible. Really, that is great. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, and and in the DC metro area, it's hard to come by those type of of deals, but. Um, that that was off the bat. It was uh, out of the box maneuver for us to help make mm-hmm. that happen. But mm-hmm. you know, it's just you know, I love the the show Extreme Makeover Home Edition. That, I that do house too. needed a lot of work. We got yeah. we got somebody else, Ranger Jones, who, uh, to do the renovation of that home for free. You know, it it needed forty fifty thousand dollars of renovation because it had been flooded. It had no kitchen. It was a you know, six bedroom, three bath home right. that, you know, that is now probably worth 500000 Unbelievable. So, all right, before yeah. we, and I want to talk more about those stories, but let's, as you form this organization, I want to bring it back to this a moment with Operation mm-hmm. Renewed Hope Foundation. What, bring, t- tell us the first story. What was the first um where you know at that moment when you make the decision to do this, what was the very first story of the first person you helped out, Deborah? What tell us about that story? I, I said one of the first ones that I remember was a veteran, uh, and I can I can tell you his name because he's given us permission to talk about Excellent. him. Uh, was was Lloyd Clark, and he is a veteran that we pulled out of a shelter at Fort Belvoir. It used to be a water treatment facility. Mm-hmm. Um, he and his wife had been living at Pohick Bay. Um, he was a landscape, and they lost their their living quarters and were living in a vehicle, then living in a tent, and then uh, she got sick and was in um assisted living type of facility, and uh, then he was in that shelter. And so we pulled him out of there, um, and we got him living in... Um, uh, a home that was owned by my daycare providers got him checked out for background check and all that stuff and um then we helped purchase a, a home that now he lives in and another veteran lives on the other side and so the, he's been living there now for six years he went from you know living in a tent in a vehicle in a shelter to now living in his own home deborah do you find a lot of these stories like this one here where their life just sort of spirals out of I mean what you just described with this gentleman here sounds like his life spiraled out of control from it went from there to there to there to there to the wife in a facility and then he ends up in a homeless I mean it's a it's unbelievable mm-hmm. stories is that what happens I mean just one thing after the next and a lot of these people just Yeah I mean medical issues can okay. can really tank Mm-hmm. A family so quickly, okay. as you might imagine. I mean, the medical bills are, are are unreal. Exactly. So one medical problem can bankrupt a family. Imagine that one uh, medical problem can totally change your life. Early when you think about it, you know. Um, yes. What is the uh, as you think about a lot of these these soldiers, these these men and women who ha- are have suffered through this way through whatever reason. Um, what is the common denominator of any? Help us understand a moment, if you can. I don't know if you can, but what's the, is there a common denominator or two with these folks as to 
their makeup, who they are, what, you know, what kind of people they are. And we understand things happen and they, they find themselves in the situation. But anything come to mind at all that makes these folks different or unique in some way? The veterans, the only common denominator is that they've all served their country. Okay. okay. That, that's the only thing that's common uh, among all of them. Beyond that, there's a different story for each one of them, you know, as far as how did they get homeless, there's different barriers right. where it could be medical right. issues. Right. Um, the other, ch- the, the biggest challenge, I would say top challenge is they may not have the family support. Okay. You know, for me, if I had medical issues, mm-hmm. I have my family to support me that it, if, if I became bankrupt because right. of medical issues, they would let me stay with them. Exactly. But if, if these veterans don't have family members that can allow them to stay with them, that's the number one. Now that's what I was looking for, for actually. That's that's that, in, so that that would be my number one. That's answer. interesting. So yeah, so because you're right, you, when you think about it, I mean, a lot of people could relate to the fact if something happened that was so devastating in their life that they ended up in a tent or in a car on the street somewhere that hopefully, possibly, potentially, a relative, a friend, somebody would take you in. But these people don't seem to have that connection, huh? That's right. They don't have a friend or a family to support them. I mean, that's, is it, it. it... Yeah, I'm just curious as well, as I've read through kind of your website, and sometimes they don't want to tell anybody, you know, that they're homeless as well. Hmm. That's absolutely true. And I, I feel like veterans more often than even on the civilian side are the last ones to ask for help (laughs) or they wait till the very last minute to ask for the help because they're very prideful very prideful people that makes sense that makes sense very a lot of pride huh a lot of pride yes so sometimes that sounds like a kid because sometimes when my kids need help they wait until the last second they say dad i need it today you know or i need some kind of assistance so Mm -hmm. I think it's probably in in everyone. We never want to say that we need help, right? We always want to think we can do it on our on our own. And I think we always have that hope that we're going to find a solution at the last second. And then when it doesn't come, we just kind of like, I guess, lose hope. That might be part of it, because as she described this one gentleman here, you know, when you say their life spirals out of control like this, and then, you know, the health situation happens, because correct me on this or not, Deborah, but aren't most of these military folks, I mean, don't don't they really, aren't they getting pensions as well? No, absolutely not. Uh, Most of them are not getting any type of pension. They don't. I see. They're not. Yeah, I mean, most of the people that have served in the Army do not have pensions. Okay. Most, most people who have served, they serve for several years, and, you know, you have to serve 20 years to, to get a pension. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So most do not do that. So I see. So a lot of these could be, I see what you mean. There could be, I was assuming. Five years and right, out, 10 it. years and out, 15 years and out. You have to serve 20 years, 20 to, years. to receive a pension. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not uncommon for someone to you know let's say serve 10 years mm-hmm. and they they get out and uh, for six months they're looking for a, a job and they're not making mm-hmm. they, they might find a job but they're not making anywhere near what they were making in the military and after six months or 12 months then they run out of their life savings right 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 exactly haven't been able to make it Right, right. And I think people can, uh, we're seeing more and more of this. Again, let me ask you, and we'll explore more in the next uh, conversation we have in the next segment, but um, 
what are the numbers? Are they are they getting better with with this problem of homelessness in the veteran community? Is this a grown problem, or does it look like a problem where there's an end in sight? Depends on where you are. I will say that at least the numbers are coming down overall because of the effort that the VA and the nonprofits are putting in across the nation. All right. I will tell you that the the program is working the supportive services for veteran and families program that the VA runs. Uh, it's a grant program. There's about 283 nonprofits like ours. Okay. Uh, this program it works. It's um, again across the nation. Specifically, you know, the 68,000 veterans that I told you about before right. point in time count. Right. And again, these numbers are very squishy, but that's right. when they go out and, and they count how many veterans are homeless on a given night in January. Mm-hmm. In 2011, that was about 68,000. And then the most recent point time count was about 38,000. Okay. So the numbers overall have come down. And, okay. But if you go out in, in Seattle, Washington, and Los Angeles, and right, so forth, right, some of those sure. numbers may not be coming down. No, no, right. So there's areas, yeah. there's pockets that are not right. coming down, so those resources need to be bumped up in those specific areas. Right, and, and you're describing, in general, the, pro, the uh, ge- geography that you've just described. I mean, these are, these are communities that are having, I'm, I mean, really like devastating problems with homelessness overall. We're talking everything veterans yes. people of any kind i mean the markets right. oh yeah yeah a lot of these big cities on yep. the west coast uh, la yeah that's right la i think is 53,000 people homeless. it's crazy it's crazy you talk about walking mm-hmm. over people and stepping over them look at san francisco i mean if you haven't been in union square in years you may not want to go there again now i mean what's happened into that city and that market is unbelievable and, and this is sad and again uh let me remind folks here we're speaking to lieutenant colonel deborah snyder and you know we, we've talked about homelessness on the brink before friends i mean you know that but i mean this is uh, to me even more special today because what Deborah has done is she has really reached out into the community and she has created a 501c3 Operation Renewed Hope Foundation. We'll be talking more about that as well as I know she's doing some work with the VA as well. And that really is, I think, the question we all have to ask is what's being done about this? You know, the one thing you say about, well, like Deborah, a military officer, is you see a problem, you want to fix it. It's the way brink thinkers are. You see a problem, you want to fix it. And and I think that's what we're seeing more and more. People like Deborah who um, know that there's there's got to be uh, an answer here. There has to be another way. It's got to be another direction here. So that's what the brink is all about. It's it's um, it's an environment, people, that has really highlights. There are a lot of good stories out in humanity. There are a lot of great people doing awesome work. You just don't hear about it, as I tell you, on the 6 o'clock news. So this this platform, this program is to highlight these stories, and it's to make us realize that there's a lot of good out there. We've got to showcase it. We've got to spotlight it. We do that every week here on the Brink of Greatness. Every Saturday and Sunday, we, we spotlight a terrific, a beautiful person like Lieutenant Colonel Deborah Snyder, and we put them on the spotlight and say, this is what they're doing. And, and it could be anything, people. It could be absolutely anything. And it could be something we've accomplished in our lives, some sort of an achievement we've done, some sort of disaster we got over. It could be anything at all that has moved us to make some big decision in our life that has changed everything. 
Uh, so again, catch that newest show, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Saturday and Sunday. And of course, keep in mind, Podcast Mondays is when every show goes to the podcast networks worldwide. Uh, and we ask you to rate, to review there as well at brinkofgreatness.com. You'll see all the stories, all the unique uh, information there, as well as at our mothership, America Out Loud Talk Radio. AmericaOutloud.com is where you'll find it all there. We'll be back on the brink in just a moment here. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health. Sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa. Award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. All right, friends, welcome back here. It's Malcolm Out Loud here with Kevin Williams, and we're on the brink of greatness today again. We're speaking to Lieutenant Colonel Deborah Snyder. Uh, we're really talking about a big problem, which we've just been, you've heard us talk about in some of these uh, cities and communities, but what about our veterans that uh, many have been left behind? For whatever reason, uh, we're seeing too much of this. Uh, Deborah, you were saying when we started there, the numbers were staggering to you, 68,000 plus or so. And again, as you say, the numbers are squishy. Well, of course, the numbers are all over the place. But I've dived into this quite a bit, and I've looked at homelessness in our nation. And you know what You know what I always think about, Deborah, is I, it always comes to my mind is, I, I, I don't know, I think about it in these terms, like sometimes I say, well, could that ever happen to me? Like, or could that happen to someone I know? And I guess what I'm saying is the people that this has happened to, I don't think they ever planned for it. It's not something they planned for in their life ambitions that they were going to be homelessness at 53 years old or something. I think that was in their plan. So I think these things happen in our life that sort of take us out of the game. And then it's a spiraling effect. And then we find ourselves in a hopeless, hopeless situation that's when you came along and you said, well, let's put hope back into this thing. And I like this Operation Renewed Hope Foundation. Now, with the organization that you've created, Deborah, I understand you're working, you're doing something also with the Veterans Administration. What kind of, let's talk about what kind of progress are they, cre- what are you doing with them and, or are you, and what sort of progress are they mm-hmm. um, doing there? Are they creating it? How does it look there with the work they're doing to help our veterans out? Well, the, the Department of Veterans Affairs started a grant program called the Supportive Services for Veterans and Families. I want to say they probably started it around 2010 or 11. And it uh, is a grant program that they've awarded about close to 300 uh, nonprofits like ours across the nation to give programs, money for caseworkers, to give out temporary financial assistance, to give these veterans off the street. It gets 
security deposit, several months of rent, uh, get the, the temporary financial assistance to, to get them into permanent housing situations. And I'm here to tell you it works. You know, we work in the D.C. metro area, and we help 80 to 100 veterans a year. And there's other ones that, that help near 500 veterans a year. But it, across the board, is something that works. It's a, a housing-first method where you get these veterans and their family members under roof first mm-hmm. and then wrap around the supportive services, whether it might be services like medical or um, employment services or dental or whatever they need to get themselves back on their feet. Right. So so the house is one element. Now, when you talk about support services, mm-hmm. so you're doing these, uh, mm-hmm. like these houses, the one you mentioned a bit ago was foreclosed. Are all the houses foreclosed or just some of them, Deborah? No, that was a lucky one for us. Okay. 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 That, that was, That's what uh, I was a different program that the, the VA had, uh, mm-hmm. the housing provider program, right. by which the VA has a group, a whole bunch of foreclosed homes that nonprofits, uh, like ours can apply to be a part of that program where they buy VA foreclosed homes at a, at a discount. Mm-hmm. And that's a separate program than the SSBF program, which I just talked about. And that's the one where two, I think it's about 280 to 300 nonprofits uh, participate in. And that's where they have case managers and so forth and the temporary financial assistance to get these folks lined up. Maybe they get apartments or or they uh, line up with private landlords or homes, you know, uh, where they're getting rent to get them on their feet, security deposit and several months. I, I was go- thank you for saying that, because I was going to ask you that exactly. All of these uh, arrangements you're doing are not all where you're buying a house. Some of them, you're, they're having a rent. Or, I mean, your goal is to get them not to be homeless anymore, which means get them sheltered, That's correct? Right. Yeah, yeah. That's so right. that could, every situation is different, yeah? Is that what happens? Yes. And, and my, my nonprofit, we're working to raise money to buy houses and renovate them and put veterans in them and their families. So that's well. what you're doing that's with Operation Renewed, program. Hope Foundation. Is that right? Yes. That's what, that's what we're raising money to do. Yes. On top of the SSBF program that we have already been doing okay. for several years now. I read one where you paid six months of rent for the or mortgage of them as well or something like that, right? Is that what you do? That's what you mean by support as well? Uh, we have not paid six months of mortgage, maybe uh, uh, more of, of, of rent. Rent, um, okay, okay. Rent. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know I've seen some things like that in your backstory, that uh, mm-hmm. you've done some things like that to get people on their feet. Now, yes. what, what about, like, um, Deborah? what about um, the other necessities in life, like getting a job and, like, um, uh, being able to maintain some sort of a lifestyle uh, with other, like you said, healthcare a minute ago. What about all these factors? There's a lot of details here. How does all that fit into yeah. the work you're doing? Yeah, well, that's where the supportive services is so crucial because, and that's what the case managers work hard to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Specifically, those case workers have to get help these veterans to get up to a higher living standard, right? Just in the D.C. metro area, for example, you need to make about $50,000 a year to qualify for a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. And that's not easy to do. Yeah. Um, So getting employed, getting those interviews, getting ready for an interview, uh, 
getting clothing for an interview. So you're helping with all of that, all those details you're helping with? Yes. Wow. Yep. Wow. We link them them with everything that we can. And you call that support services? wraparound services. Supportive services. I like that. Wraparound service. That's interesting. Yeah. Yes. How are you, the, the money for this, I, I assume you're doing grants or, and then donations. Where does, where's the dollars coming from into the organization? Yeah. So we have a grant from the VA, mm-hmm. the Department of Veterans Affairs for okay. the supportive services. And that includes the temporary financial assistance, you know, for the rent and the pays for the case managers. Then the temporary financial assistance, you know, for the security deposit and several months of rent, right? The other stuff, we, we depend on volunteers. Volunteers. And we, link, we link with mm-hmm. other companies, you know. We've, we've linked up with Accenture and Lockheed Martin and Booz Allen and whoever else will help us out. So these are sponsors like these. sponsors, you're saying, and stuff like that, right? Yeah, sponsor, yeah. Oh, yes. We, okay. we, we, we have so many fundraising events. You know, we have a gala in April. So you're we doing fundraising events? All right, all right. Yeah, so now I get yes, it. We, yeah, yeah. We do, we do, um, we do about half and half fundraising events and um, grants. You know, well, actually, we probably we fundraise as much as we do for grants. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That means you're proactive. That means you're because out on the front lines is what that means, right? I mean... We have to be. We have, have to, to be. be because, you know, yeah. we, we want to buy houses and that we have not got grants to buy houses. So that, that's it's an expensive ordeal. No, but, but I want to circle back one minute on the VA a minute. Now, mm-hmm. I really am... I'm, I'm, I'm enlightened here. I'm, in, I'm enlightened and, and I'm very interested in understanding that our Department of Veterans Administration, that they have these grants available where they're supporting um, charitable work out there, not-for-profit work. Now, is that a monthly number that comes into you, or do you have to subscribe every month, or you're on a regular basis? How does that work exactly, Deborah? so to feed the organization for the support services? The, the, for, the, for the supportive services, yeah. we apply yearly for that grant. Yearly. It's in a yearly grant. Yearly. And then once you're approved yes. for the year, you, the dollars come into the organization every month. Is that correct? We uh, we make expenditures and we have to get reimbursed based on the expenditures that we make. Oh, and we have, I it's see. very it's very you know so a certain percentage you know that you you spend on uh, literally homeless compared right, to right. prevention cases and so forth. It's very restrictive, which is good. Yeah, they do a great job at auditing us and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you get audited. How how often you get audited? Every year. Every year. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was wondering. We do a regular audit anyway. Right. We do a right. regular audit anyway. Right. Everyone does on their. their Deborah, who makes the decision on spending money? If you well, let's talk about this. Who makes the decision on spending the money? Who makes the decision on who you're going to help and not going to help? And because, as you just said, now I get a pretty good scope here of things, but you know, like you said, you're being audited as well. And obviously, part of this relationship with the VA and the grants is they're counting on you to make the right decisions. And God forbid you're not making the right decisions i would think at that point your days in the program are probably numbered then huh right that's correct if you do not do what you're supposed to do then you can get pulled from the program big time yeah you have screening there's screening criteria you get numbers based on screening criteria uh, for for the veterans, so that you're being screen. scrutinized. So which, that that means that kind of that's got to be a little antsy which should, sometimes. Which is how it should which be. Is good. All right. Good. Honestly, good. no. I, I mean, uh, it's, that's the way it should be mm-hmm. because I I want it that way because 
you should know where your dog. Well, you don't want people taking advantage of the situation. Dollars. Yeah, you don't want people taking right. advantage. These, yeah, are, these are people's tax dollars. Yeah, tax and, dollars. And you want to know that your dollars are being mm-hmm. spent wisely. And I can tell you, at least from our perspective, right. I, I know that these tax dollars are being spent wisely. And therefore, you want them to be put in the right places. Obviously, that yes. based on what you just said, and I'm sure listeners will understand what I mean when I say this, that would absolutely, what you just said a moment ago, will rule you out as a potential future career as a politician. You know that. <laughs> oh well <laughs> exactly exactly a I, I, I tongue-in-cheek I guess I'm limited to my political science exactly well <laughs> I know I know I couldn't help I couldn't help resist that Deborah. we'll leave that there <laughs> but you get the point of that don't you <laughs> yeah 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 well because one of the uh, one of the pressures of the VA has to be has been to be more proactive I know because I've reported on this in the news and it's to be more proactive and to do more for our veterans so this was clearly yeah. this was clearly a um, outreach program let's call it an outreach program to be able to reach into yeah. the communities to empower our charitable organizations or not-for-profits to be able to reach out yeah and that kind of keeps it at the local level so that's a good thing deborah i like that i like that yeah uh, look and uh, first of all let me just say this the va is is a bureaucracy right <laughs> There is no there is no organization on this earth that I know of that can handle what the VA is trying to handle Mm -hmm. with the amount of the number of veterans and so forth. Right. Right. So at least they have recognized that and they're trying to put it out to the other the nonprofits and and NGOs right to help get this thing squared away. So back in 2010. General Shinseki, who was the Secretary of Veterans Affairs, right. and President Obama, they put a mark on the wall to end veteran homelessness by 2015. Yeah, I've seen well, that in the notes, are. but that didn't here happen, obviously. Right. Obviously, but at least we're getting somewhere, right? Okay, because good. I can tell you in 2011, when we started, it was 68,000. It's gotten down to 38,000, so it's at least moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still have a, a long ways to go, but at least it's moving. Um, yeah. So I, I, they, I, I wonder why they had 2015 as a goal. I mean, that is that is um, it, that pretty ad- adventurous of them, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was an aggressive goal, but yeah, yeah. You I mean, start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. I, I, I applaud. I applaud General Shinseki and mm-hmm. President Obama for doing it. Yeah, because it 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 got resources towards that and. I applaud the VA for continuing it because I can tell you where the boots meet the ground. That's what we see. We see it happening. We right. see the well, difference that it makes. Right. Well, you're seeing it firsthand. I mean, and I've just learned. Yeah, I've just learned some things I did not know even how it was. I'm, I was very curious about the VA thing because, again, having reported on a lot of the failures of the VA, I'm anxious to hear successes. You know, Deborah. <laughs> And um, yeah, I know this so, one. This one, I'm I'm telling you, is a, a right. success, and it needs to be funded until we get as close to zero as humanly possible. As humanly possible, yeah. And you're obviously making a dent with that. This is what it's all about here. We're going to pause just a moment here. We'll be back on the brink in just a moment here. 
The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world, to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are back, friends, on the brink of greatness here. It's Malcolm Out Loud, Kevin Williams. Uh, today we're uh, speaking to Lieutenant Colonel Deborah Snyder here, and uh, we're speaking about our veterans, uh, the VA we've touched on, and homelessness, of course, in the, the veteran community. Um, she has an organization. Let me give you that website now, Operation Renewed Hope Foundation.org. Operation Renewed Hope Foundation.org. You'll see all the links all in the post back at brinkofgreatness.com and at americaoutloud.com as well, friends. You'll get all the connection points there. Deborah, I'm wondering here, you know, years back, I was on the board for the Habitat for Humanity, uh, where we would build homes and that sort of thing, you know, what's going on, you know, refurbish homes. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. Um, what about that? And you mentioned earlier, by the way, you liked, you talked about that show, which my antenna went up because I enjoyed watching that show as well. What was that show called again, Deborah? That where they did the homes Extreme fixing? Extreme Makeover. Yeah, Extreme I like that. Home yeah, I, yeah. I, I liked it too. I, I'm like you yeah. because you obviously you have heart and you have passion. Uh, I'd like to think I have that as well, Deborah. And so I enjoyed that show a lot. I would watch that, and really, it was uh, it was one of the very few things I would watch and actually enjoy because I'm not a television person at all. But that one was very fascinating to me. Is that program still on? Do you know? I don't even know. It, I haven't seen it. Now, in years. they they have discontinued it, but sometimes they'll they'll run a special. I and, see. You know, have a yeah. little. You know what? We ought to start a new one and put it under Deborah. Put it under the Operation Renewed Hope <laughs> Foundation. Really, that should be the new one well, here. We'll, we'll bring well, out five pennies. Yeah, well, actually, uh, we were lucky to have Andy Ladner, who's here locally in uh, North Carolina, that was part of that, you know, home edition extreme makeover. Now he's doing it for the wounded warriors here locally. So, yeah, it's happening by a lot of nonprofits across the nation. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true, uh, Kevin. That's very, very accurate. Uh, so what about building homes? What about refurbishing them? Is that part of the mission here as well, Deborah? Or is that is that a piece of anything or is there an idea there or what? Yes, and that's where we're wanting to move towards next. You know, we've kind of, our mission is providing quality housing and supportive services to our nation's homeless veterans, and we kind of started with the supportive services. So now we're moving towards the housing part. Um, and, and we wanted to buy homes, buy homes that need help, and so we're renovating the homes and, and renovating the community at the same time and putting veterans and veteran families in there. Right, but don't you have something called like Sunrise Group Home or? Yeah, so there there's a Sunrise, a former Sunrise Assisted Living Building that we're working to acquire and renovate. It's going to take a couple of years, but um, that one is near Fort Belvoir, and to when the twenty one is when we will start renovating that building, and that will house thirty six veterans and their family members. Hmm. Yeah. You know, as you're talking about this building program, my mind is working overtime on a name for this division. It's got to be a division of your organization, Deborah. And what was coming yeah, to my mind? Right. Home for Vets. 
Well, I, I, but th- uh, that's probably used, but you need something unique. And I was thinking, you know, the old saying, build it and they will come. And I was looking for build it. <laughs> bi- well, I was looking for build it and something. I don't know what it is. I'll think about it for you. But I, that's what mm-hmm. I, I did. Yeah. I did a lot of that corporate market and stuff. So I was pretty good at it, you know. Um, yeah. But build it and something. Hope Homes. Hope, yeah, ho- ho- Hope, Hope Homes. Homes. That's interesting. That's interesting. I don't mm-hmm. know if there's one like that out there, but that would be an interesting division or something like that. I'd love to talk right. to you more on that and help you on that in the future. That'd be really unique. Sure. And um, yeah. uh, I mean, it sounds like that could almost be a division of this thing uh, where you're doing this. Yeah. And, you know, and, and think about that too. What if. What if you were able to put together a program and you're a brink thinker, you're a big thinker as well. What if that you were able to take that concept and develop it into its own television or radio program? Imagine, all right, we just talked about extreme makeover. What if you did that as a, um, even within your focus, but put it on television and radio even, that you could reach a lot of people, you know? Yes, uh, and can you two uh, do that for us? Yeah, I'll do it. To, is Monday good or Tuesday? <laughs> Monday or Tuesday? You want me to have that ready? <laughs> whichever, whichever one you guys want to you, do. We'll you are. We'll, we'll you, go around your schedule. You're, you're tough. You're tough. You can see she's a military <laughs> officer right now. You can see that. You know, let's go get to it. You're delegate. tough, aren't you? Well, delegate. I love it. I love it. That's what makes you good. That's what makes you good. Yeah. i got to get you over here. Well, you know, you mentioned the sunrise. Right now we're calling that Renewed Hope House. Tell, tell me so about that. The, the Sunrise Project we're calling Renewed Hope House, the 36-unit one. So that's the Renewed Hope House for now. And then, you know, the Renewed Hope Homes is uh, what we'll call until we have a better one that maybe, Kevin, you can come up with a good name for that program. Well, Kevin, come on. Get, get, get to it. Mike. I know. You know? I, just <laughs> lo- I, lo- I just love the Renewed Hope because it really does provide that vision <laughs> And I think that, you know, I, when I read about the Sunrise Group Home, which she was saying 36 people, I just thought, you know, that's really where it needs to go is once that's built, she has a place for people to go in, even if it's temporary, temporarily, and then, you know, find a, a, a permanent home for them. Yeah, and I mean, most of that is going to be permanent type of housing, you know, where they, they'll be there at least a year if they want to be there longer. And it's going to be beautiful by the time it's done. I mean, it's been sitting vacant for more than 10 years, so it's going to yeah. be good. I was looking at the place on one of your videos, and it just looks beautiful. Wow. I mean, yep. at least the outside, it just like looks like a perfect yep. location. Mm. Yep. Very convenient. Deborah, how hands-on do you have to be with all this? I'm listening to you now with support services, <laughs> listening to the homes, uh, whether you're buying them or apartments. or Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of sleep, eat, drink, and <laughs> yeah, I, I love it, though. I mean, I thought I would burn out, actually, uh, after a couple of years, but it's what you mentioned at the top of the show. When you lay down at night and you look up and you see a ceiling right you can't help but be grateful for what you have and and be so thankful so it, it, it's it's a labor of love for me and because i love maybe extreme makeover home edition I, I love seeing the difference i love being able to take a family who's been living in a vehicle with two little kids and putting them in a house 
Yeah. Well, it's about making a difference in somebody's life is what you're talking about, making a difference. And, you know, Deborah, we don't we take a lot for granted in this life. And I I speak about this often enough, but it's it's a worthy cause that we need to talk about it. And we we don't often count our blessings. And, you know, I always like to take the moment, embrace the moment of life. I try to tell everybody this on regular just embrace every moment of life. Don't you know, in other words, don't let the days slip by where you're not thoroughly enjoying this gift that we really have. And so I think you just got to step back a minute. And, you know, as you come into a new year, too, it's a good time to really step back and renovate your own mind and really be able to pull down for more. And, you know, I just encourage people to follow their dreams and to follow things. But again, simple things, count your blessings, realize what you have in this world. I mean, I think often about the people who have nothing. I mean, like you say, we think and we look at it, we see a sail in there, or we see something going on, or you see, in, you know, inclimatic in weather, something that's bad out there. People who suffer, struggle through climate deals and, you know, devastating storms and things. And, you know, you have to, that's what it is, people helping people. And that's what Brink Thinkers are all about. So what do you think now with homelessness as a whole, Deborah? Uh, And, you know, we're seeing this problem across the nation right now in cities everywhere. I mean, we're seeing this is a big problem. And you're seeing, well, I mean, it's kind of a two-pronged thing. You've got homelessness that is, you know, unfortunately in some of these markets is growing, not in a good way. And then you also have the problem where you've got, you know, we have this big conversation about immigration in this country as well but you've got to take a look at a lot of our cities and your heart has to go out to these people who have nothing and yet we don't seem to be finding the answers because you made a statement up front you said it's unacceptable why why is this happening why should there be any homeless today let alone a veteran veterans should nobody should be homeless so why do we have homeless deborah why i mean why why do we have homeless well, there, there's no good reason, honestly, with the amount of resources that we have in this country. And after seeing what we can do even for the veterans, I mean, we're going to get close to zero. I'm confident of that. It's just going to take some time. You know, we're going to be the guinea pigs to make it happen. And then we need to make it happen for the rest of the civilians for this nation. It, it is unacceptable to, for having a, a nation this rich in resources right. to have anyone right. home. You know, so if you think about it, if we get everybody off the streets, mm-hmm. you know, get them jobs where they can work, right. where it's possible, mm-hmm. even uh, if we have elderly who who are making purses or something like that, that they can contribute and, you know, contribute to the tax base in some some form or fashion, mm-hmm. you know, all boats rise. And right. um, it, it's, it's all doable. It is to, completely yeah. fixable. You you would be good to run a task force. I love when we talk about putting together a national task force on these things. I always see that is the best and the brightest that come together, their minds and their ideas and their attitudes and their, their willpower and their ability to succeed. I could see you being the lieutenant colonel, the military officer you are, and big visionary, big idea person, big thinker, brink thinker. And being able to get the job done. And when you just said, and the way you said it, with conviction, I don't hear any hesitation in your voice when you make the statements you make. Like, not only is it not acceptable, but we need to solve it. 
And we need to do this until there's nobody left out on the street. And why do we have that to begin with? I asked that question, and well, there really is no good reason. We're a wealthy nation. We, we shouldn't have this happen. And All right, so the website again, OperationRenewedHopeFoundation.org. I'm sure there's donate buttons and all of that on there. Uh, With a lot of the stories, you know, I'm thinking as well, Deborah, with you in the goals that you have for the organization and looking at the name of the organization, looking at the mission. We've looked at the website. We've been on this thing. You have a passion inside of you and a hope and a desire to really do good. When you look at the connectivity of the stories that you've you've seen firsthand, like you said, because you have firsthand experience, boots on the ground. You're you're on the. I mean, that's what you're doing. You're on the ground here. You're seeing all of this happen. Taking all those experiences, how has it changed your life? You think about these last few years. Really, you're really a new, really a pretty new organization. I mean, you haven't been doing this for decades. I mean. Yeah, it's been a few years, right. but yeah. So what do, what do you what do you see here? What do you what what are some of the experiences you've taken out of this, and where do you want to go with this thing? Well, you know, every time I see a, a family come out of homelessness, it it does give me a, a renewed sense of hope that that we can make the difference. We can get it down to near zero for for our veterans and their family members, and we can we can end homelessness across the nation. It can be done. That's what I. I know can be done from 68,000 down to 38,000 that we have now. If everyone keeps rowing the boat, we can, we can make it happen even faster. So that decline in numbers, what, what period of time has that happened in? You're saying that's a hell of a decline. Yep. That was since just um, when we started in 2011 and we started December, 2011. And so from 68,000 in December, 2011 to, um, January 2018. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, and, yeah. and, and so that's progress to you. That's got to feel pretty good that there's real progress there. That's happening. I mean, you're making success. That's got to feel really good, Deborah. I mean, that's, right. That's amazing. That, yeah. And that's because, that's because everybody is trying, you know, across the nation and if everyone just pitches in, it can make the difference. And I know, I know it's in in the nation's. I know that people want to help veterans, and I, they want to they want to help their their fellow man and woman, and so that's what we got to just keep doing. In 2014, too, you were uh, I see the annual L'Oreal Paris Women of Worth celebration. What was that all about? You were honor, honored there, huh? Yeah, I was uh, very fortunate to be one of ten selected uh, across the nation. Um, they can select women who are volunteers of their organization to to make a difference. And we all had celebrity uh, hosts. Uh, we were hosted in New York and L'Oreal and Points of Light. It was um, something else because when I was on active duty, you know, Points of Light was founded by George Bush. That's right. President George Bush. And when I was on active duty... I was an aide to his daughter uh, for the inauguration, and so I got to meet his entire family and then went up to his funeral the other day. And uh, so it certainly became full circle, and um, his was a fantastic family. And so I I hope that everyone gets that sense of volunteerism in, in their family as well. That's a great story. You actually went up for the service, you said, too, huh? Yes, it was just phenomenal outpouring of, of support for their family, and 
I, I just want to see the continuation of volunteerism for from everybody. Yeah, volunteerism, that is a good way to put it here again. So, folks, again, Lieutenant Colonel Deborah Snyder, the work she's doing, Operation Renewed Hope foundation.org is the website uh please check it out check her out there's videos out there there's other things going on i also think you might want to consider writing a book in the future deborah a lot of the things stories you've seen that's a great name to give think about it operation renewed hope foundation you'd have a great story to tell you know that well thank you i appreciate that yeah, I mean, I, are you volunteering for that? Well, you're you're well? good at delegating, young lady. I like that. If <laughs> you if you seen if you seen everything I have on my my back window here, you you flip, man. I got to tell you, it's uh, yeah. How do we keep it all in play, right? It's amazing. Uh, well, I applaud you. I applaud the work you're doing. I hope we can do some things ahead together and. and and, um, and and I really appreciate all the work you're doing here with uh, the, our veterans and homelessness, working with the VA. And I learned some things on the program here today. I didn't realize the VA was at the level that they're at and that they're doing the kind of work they're doing. This is the kind of work, back to volunteerism and giving back, that we should highlight. And it's good to see, uh, again, private-public enterprises where government's working with our private side, this is the place you want to do it. I think the empowerment is out on the streets helping people, not in the big buildings in Washington, D.C. I, I think it clearly is out on the streets and helping people live more fulfilled lives. And, and that's that's where we're going to help more people, not, not with... Um, not in the big city, uh, Deborah. Not in the big government. It's it's got to happen with people like you and I and others that are listening out there who can do something about it. Thank you for your service, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, as well. Thank you for everything you've put in and, and doing this organization. And, and you know, a lot of veterans actually come back from service like this and military officers, and they want to do more. They want to give back to the community, and this is an opportunity to do that. So, she's a brink thinker for sure, Lieutenant Colonel Deborah Snyder, and. Friends, thank you for being part of the journey here on Brink of Greatness today. And we appreciate you always stepping in and listening to these great stories of people that are doing unbelievable things out there. You can do it as well in your life, as Deborah was just saying moments ago, that we all can get involved. We can all do something to give back and make a difference out there. Uh, it, we just, it, starts, it starts today. It starts with you making a decision in your life to do something different. You know, It really, truly does. The brink of greatness can only happen, friends, when you're willing to push beyond the boundaries and limitations that are holding you back. What's holding you back? Remember to take the next leap forward. <laughs>